2009, we made history with the election of President Barack Obama. He called us to service as there remains much work to do to end unemployment, poverty, and crime in our communities. There's so many books on how we can accomplish this. But this year, everyone's raving about this summer's hottest new book, The Solution for Black America, Reclaiming, Rebuilding, and Restoring the Urban Ghettos in America by Chicago's own Emmanuel Barbie. A graduate of Northeastern Illinois University, Barbie addresses key ways we back our families and communities. But unlike so many other books on this topic, Barbie captivates his reader, presenting solutions through a riveting life story. It's entertaining, it's different, it's exciting. The perfect book club selection. Don't be left out. Get your copy of The Solution for Black America, Reclaiming, Rebuilding, and Restoring the Urban Ghettos in America. Order today at Amazon.com. Welcome to Help Stop the Genocide in American Ghettos video podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Barbie. Before I jump into my presentation, if you are new to this YouTube channel, then please subscribe to this channel, hit the like button, and share this channel with all of your friends. This will help expand our audience. Consider becoming a monthly contributor to our film project through our Patreon page or PayPal page. If you don't understand English, I provide a written transcript of this video podcast on my Medium page. You can find all of my pages under the About section on my YouTube channel. This video podcast is an extension of the grassroots community activist movement. I created GERCAM because I got tired of all of the division among black people. Pan-Africanism was not working for black Americans. I wanted to start a new movement for black people to unite based on our based on individuals who who care about solving black issues. I created GERCAM in 1991 on the site called Gopher. I wanted to create an organization that focused specifically on solving black issues in America. I also wanted to to connect with other like-minded African-Americans, Afro-Brazilians, Afro-Canadians, Afro-Caribbeans, Afro-Europeans, African immigrants, Afro-Latinos throughout the diaspora. I also wanted to build a bridge between the diaspora and continental Africans or native Africans, which is the global black family. I use this platform to interact with everyone on my friends list and everyone in my social groups by giving black business owners free airtime to promote their products and services. I give people in the faith community an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and ordinary law-abiding citizens an opportunity to share their special talents and skills to my listeners from the podcast community. After the show, I offer my guest speakers an incentive by sharing with them how to create their own podcast and YouTube channel to earn extra revenue. I also assist people on my friends list with creating basic websites, finding college scholarships and grants, housing and legal services all for free. Sad to report that many people on my friends list and people in my social groups are not participating on my free Facebook Live or YouTube Live streams. This is why 
we are taking our message to the next level, the big screen, in order to reach the masses and people that don't like to read. I will be hosting my online talk show every Thursday until I'm able to raise 500000 for my film project, either through Facebook Messenger or YouTube live stream. Even if you are unable to participate, when you have a moment, please watch or listen to my video podcast and share it with all of your Facebook friends, um, Twitter friends, and any other platform that you uh, come across this um, video podcast. This will help get the ball rolling. After my presentation, I will open up the discussion to my listeners for Q&A through the chat room. Tonight's topic, the black vote in 2020. I understand lots of our people don't like politics, but we have to use them until we are able to educate our people about the fundamentals of politics. District Attorney Paul Howard was the prosecutor in Georgia who put charges on on those uh, road cops who killed Rashad Brooks in the Wendy's parking lot. The white supremacists are were upset. I encourage I was encouraging people in my secular groups who live in Atlanta, in the Atlanta area, to reelect Paul Howard because he's doing the right thing, punishing the road cops for for their crime. The system preferred to to have coons and, and mammies in office to do their bidding. If we want politicians to do our bidding, we got to support them. The problem is we have the Mammy Coalition and the Coon Train trying to be the voice of the black community while in the pockets of the financial elites or the white supremacists. The white supremacists back Fannie Willis, a black woman, and she defeated District Attorney Paul Howard a black man who tried to protect the black community, yet the black community had failed to show up at the polls, giving a green light to road cops to continue harming black people. Lord have mercy on my racial group. Um, for example, in the Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, District Attorney Kenneth Thomas allowed Officer Peter Ying to avoid per persecution for killing an unarmed black man because the Asian community supported, they ended up supporting their own. And, you know, I mean, uh, I believe he uh, went to jail, um, but it's, you know, it's, it's not long term. I think it's only going to be for five years. But um, anyhow, that's how we as black people have to be. We have to be on code and we have to learn how to stick together because other racial groups, they're not playing. They're sticking together. You know, we have to do that. Otherwise, our racial group in America will be wiped out. Um, now I'm getting to these, um, the politics. It's a mess up choice. I believe Donald Trump would have won the second one, a second term, if it wasn't for the coronavirus. President Trump failed to take responsibility as a leader 
and as a result, 160,000 people died. Many blacks were included uh, in this number. This could have been prevented if the Trump administration would have intervened during the early stages of COVID-19. African Americans are 12% of the population, yet we see illegal immigrants getting concessions like sanctuary cities, yet we are denied tangibles. Our ancestors are the ones who built um, America through their blood, sweat, and tears. Let's begin with Joe Biden's history with the black community. First, he created the 1994 crime bill, which gave rise to mass incarceration. Joe Biden needs to apologize to, to black America for destroying the black family and offer Pacific tangibles to African-Americans. He needs to end the three strike law that promised to, and promised to create Pacific policies to end mass incarceration by offering incentives to states that offer home confinement for ex-offenders of nonviolent crimes. Um, in contrast, Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, was tied to Wall Street when she was California's attorney attorney general. Her department determined that Steve Muchnitz had committed fraud. She chose not to persecute him. Come to find out she was accepting campaign contributions from him throughout the years. Her decision as a pr prosecutor to enforce truancy laws where she would literally prosecute parents is disproportionately affected poor black families. Instead of looking at the situation from a socioeconomic issue, she chose to view it as a criminal issue. Instead of asking the question, why are these children having a difficult time attending school? These laws can be misused to make poor families even worse off than they were. Now that these families have racked up fines and are unable to pay their um, their um, their debt, then they end up getting arrested and jailed. If you are in jail, you are unable to work. These are the issues Camilla Harris have to answer if she wants to win the election. To take the author of the 1994 crime bill and a biracial woman who has weaponized the laws against poor blacks and put and put them on the ticket is an insult to black people. Black Americans learned from Obama that race didn't e equate to policy as the first black president. Obama failed to act against police brutality. Now he did create some kind of um, scholarship is called my brother's keeper for you know minorities it wasn't just aimed at black people it was for hispanics as well or latinos and um that's the only problem i have with these um you know living in a multi um racial um society or multi-culture you know especially here in america all these other groups, you know, they they get tangibles for their for their own, 
for example, Native Americans, they uh, ended up getting uh, reparations um, and they still getting um, compensation um, from um, the American government. Um, the Japanese Americans, they ended up getting um, compensated for um, being put in those different um, camps during World War II. So, and um, I feel, you know, as a black man, yes, we do um, deserve uh, black reparations. You know, our ancestors went through a lot and we as black people um, in America are still going through this um, institutionalized racism, um, redlining, still taking place, um, urban gentrification, our communities are being um, gentrified. And that's how come, you know, I created um, Gracam, you know, so that way we can have a sense of trying to um, connect with other like-minded um, brothers and sisters um, across the diaspora, as well as, you know, include um, continental Africans uh, in this conversation. So that way we can just try to first um, communicate with each other, learn how to work together and eventually start solving our, our problems domestically here in the United States and eventually internationally on the continent. That's my goal. Um, their message, which when I say they, their message is the Democratic Party is aiming at older black women. The Democrats want us to forget about Camelia Harris um, sending single black mothers to jail. When we talk about black empowerment on this show, we mean it. All of this is meant to lead black people away from tangibles and break the black voter blockade. We have to make it clear that we're not falling for the hokey doke. Joe Biden selected the most anti-black woman as a, run as a running mate. When Kamala Harris was a prosecutor, she believed in the incarceration and the destruction of the black family. She, she did an interview with the Grill and was specifically about and, and was asked specifically about reparations. I have an audio of that interview. I will play that for you in just a moment. Um, she didn't she don't talk like that to other special interest organizations and other groups that she believes in representing. But she feel like, you know, she can treat, you know, African Americans as third, fourth, and fifth class citizens. And that's not cool. And um, I'm going to show and prove my point right now. Support reparations for black people. Well, listen, again, we had over 200 years of slavery. We had Jim Crow for almost a, a, a century. We had legalized discrimination, segregation, and now we have it, it, segregation and discrimination that is not legal, but still exists, and is a barrier to progress. 
we have disparities around housing, we have disparities around education, we have disparities around income. And we have to recognize that everybody did not start out on an equal footing in this country. And in particular, black people have not. And so we have got to recognize that and do something about that and give folks a lift up. That's why, for example, I'm proposing the Lift Act. Give people who are making $100,000 or less as a family a tax credit, which will benefit and uplift 60% of black families who are in poverty. So by default, it affects black families, but there's not a particular policy for African-Americans that you can explore. But no, if you look at the, the reality of who will benefit from certain policies, when you take into account that they're not starting at the, at the same place and they're not, stand, they're not starting on equal footing, it will directly benefit black children, black families, black homeowners, because the disparities are so significant. So if we focus on the specific issues that have resulted in the greatest disparities, and we understand that that's part of why we're doing it. Listen, the, the reality also is this, any policy that will benefit black people will benefit all society. Let's be clear about that. Let's really be clear about that. So I'm not gonna sit here and say, I'm gonna do something that's only gonna benefit black people. No, because whatever benefits that black family will benefit that community and society as a whole in the country, right? In 2016, there was a documentary by Ava um, Devernay, I believe it's how you pronounce her last name, called 13th. In the film, they mentioned how the 1994 crime bill destroyed the black community. Black Americans started pushing for prison reform police reform and ending the school to prison pipeline. Four years later, we have Joe Biden, Biden and the person who created the crime bill. Now, the Democratic nominee for president. Back in the 90s, I tried to do my part in cleaning up our community. I kept preaching about separating ourselves from hardened criminals and urban terrorists in the community. I received a lot of backlash. People were saying, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, you you didn't come from the streets. You ain't down for the cause or you don't understand the struggle. And um I was letting them know, hey, I'm I'm from here. You know, I'm just, you know, I I'm in college. And I just wanted to, you know, try to come back um, during the weekends and try to do something positive for the community, you know. But um, you could read all that in the book. That's all in my revised book. I documented everything I've done. But um, bottom line, I noticed that the, the black community is getting behind Joe, Joe Biden just to get rid of the orange man, Donald Trump. This is embarrassing and pathetic to have these two people on the ballot. We don't, we know that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris don't care about us or our issues. So don't vote for, for them, just sit it out. The mainstream media is trying to clean up Kamala Harris image. 
and manufacture and manufacture a narrative that they hope will work to get black women on the treadmill. They are use they are using black um, sororities, black fraternities, the the boule, and black celebrities. Kamala Harris has been one of the most zealous and aggressive perpetrators of this system. She is one of the most anti-black actors within the system of white supremacy. Prisons were created to warehouse black people. Kamala Harris cultivated it by putting truancy laws on the books. Under white supremacy, your circumstances in society are based on your race. All you have to do is create laws that target the circumstances in order to entrap your intended group, and in this case, poor black people. She has been doing this for 30 years. Kamala Harris is a career corrupt bureaucrat. This is the very thing black people are angry about, and that's why she failed to get black support. Elections is a business exchange. The candidates want something and in return they promise the voters something. The time to hold a candidate accountable is when they are asking for your vote. That's what you hold them accountable to. That's the lesson we learned from the Matrice Richardson case. Kamala Harris only pretended to reopen the investigation just as a cheap cynical way to avoid being held accountable for the first time she dropped the case. As soon as um, as soon as Kamala Harris got reelected, she closed the case again. We only vote when our interest is on the ballot. Without the young black vote, no Democrat can make it to the White House, and the road to the young black vote is through the black media. In this season, power is coming from the ground up through the black grassroots. We have presidential candidates talking about reparations because we made it made it an issue. Family, don't ever think that you're not making an impact. We are. This is more than about whether or not someone thinks we deserve reparation. It's a debt owed. Um, it's a debt owed to African Americans. The African way of seeing success is when success is received by the ma the black masses. As long as the black masses are suffering, then we don't claim success. We demand specific policies aimed at African Americans, the wealth gap. I discussed this in detail in my revised book. Um on chapter 4, page 134. Nothing has changed in 40 years for Black American families. We demand an end to qualified immunity for the police. These road cops that killed Brianna Taylor are still walking the streets as if nothing happened. That's not right. They need to be punished for their, their actions and they need to be stripped of their um, police duties. We as taxpayers are paying for that. 
would want black reparations. There were no study for the $2 trillion for corona, the coronavirus stimulus checks. We want universal health care or Medicare for all. What make you think that black Americans will continue voting for Democrats when the Democrats refuse to address our issues? Black Americans are the majority of, of your voters. Family, we got to watch out for all the so-called white liberals who claim to speak for us while playing both sides of the fence. For example, people like Tim Rice, Wise, will talk a good game and, and get many endorsements, but when it comes down to providing solutions to solve black issues, it becomes a problem. We're the only group in America whose success is seen as a threat to other groups. We are the only group in America who has been racially sabotaged when we are left alone. For example, during Reconstruction, Black Wall Street, and Rosewood, just to name a few. The white supremacists and their coons and flunkies are always throwing salt. They don't want us to get into the habit of becoming self-sufficient. But we will. Um, I'm asking all of my um, international friends, especially that's on the continent, to please um, encourage your family members or friends that live uh, either in the United States, Canada, or Europe, um, ask them to um, look into my story. Encourage them to read my book first so that that way they can read about who I am. Again, that's my credibility because the sooner I start um, able to start um, generating capital, the sooner you know I can go ahead and do this film project. We have to do one thing at a time. Our focus right now is trying to uh, raise capital for this uh, film project. So that way I can get my story on the uh, big screen at selective theaters, as well as uh, DVDs. And then that will um, put me in a better place um, financially to hire my uh, staff to purchase property here in Chicago as well as uh, in Africa and um, for me to eventually do all the things that I've been talking about. But again, um, I want to move from behind this computer. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that now, even though I don't have a physical building, that um, I'm global. But um, I, I just want to encourage people that's listening to this stuff, what I'm talking about, to uh, take this serious because these are some real issues. Yes, you know, I, um, this organization, you know, we're not going to just be placed in a box and just do, um, I'm going to just say, just talk about religion. I'm a Christian socialist, and I go beyond the four walls of the church. So we're going to be um, in business 
Uh, we want to make an impact in the black community, starting here in the city of Chicago. And that's where my credibility is going to come in. Um, do the best that we can to um, work with families that want more out of life, that's in those high crime, gang and drug infested communities, um, trying to encourage them to become members um, and be able to uh, encourage them to apply for their visa and their visa and their um, passport so that way they can um, travel with us when we do go to Africa. We're going to be doing hosting African trips through this um, through our uh, patreon uh, page. That's one of the reasons I created that. Um, also, I'm going to be doing individual um, or private videos for those that's um, going to be contributors. We could talk about any issues that you want to talk about. And um, we want to get this thing popping. Um, again, November 10th, um, 2020 will mark 29 years that I've been online pushing this organization. We made a lot of um, progress this year alone. We, we were able to get um, our 501c3 application approved, so that's a good thing. That means that if you um, if you donate uh, to this uh, business through the PayPal, um, you're able to um, use it as a tax write-off because it's, a, it's going through a 501c3. But again, I want to focus on doing that film first uh, before I actually um, start the uh, uh, the physical build, getting the physical building and renting and all that stuff because I'm on a short.